Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the 14th episode of the Farms Advice Podcast. I'm Jack Creswell and we'll be talking everything agribusiness. On this week's episode, we'll be taking a trip down short memory lane. As just 14 weeks ago, we had James McKenzie on the show as our first podcast. It was excellent to have him on, but now we've had the young bull, it's time to have Robert McKenzie on. If he's not flying to Asia promoting Australian red meat industry, you can catch him working in the hills of Gloucester on his farming enterprise, Macca's Beef. He's insightful and a bloody good bloke, so let's get on with the show. How you going, mate? Yeah, look, really good, Jack. Um, thanks for hooking up with me, mate. Yeah, absolutely. It's not the first Mackenzie on, but it's good to have you and James on. James is our first episode. So um, what you're saying is I've got a lot to live up to. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you've got big boots to fill for sure. Right, you tell me how I go, okay? Excellent. So, for just to get us started, just tell us about yourself and like what you're up to within agriculture and a bit of your background. Yeah, looks. Uh, thanks for that. Um, Robert McKenzie, uh, Macca's Pastoral or currently known, I suppose, mostly by Macca's Australian Black Angus Beef. So we're a fourth generation beef producer on the east coast of Australia. And we've had a, a fair growth spurt in the last 10 years, um, going from about 350 head to 3,000 breeders and, and still growing and growing strong. Look, we um, predominantly focused on selling high-quality cattle into the Australian 
market, and that was either for Woolworths, McDonald's, or, or restockers. In the last five years, I tried to step out of uh, out of the domestic market into the overseas market, and just probably trying to get onto that world stage because Australia undoubtedly has has a great reputation for that healthy, green, clean um, image, or has a has that image, and uh, I wanted to jump on board of that. So. Stepped out onto that world stage and went overseas and quickly learned that the consumer is really, really, really keen to understand where the product's coming from. And I felt that that's what we can deliver well. We can deliver the, the quality product that they're looking for, but also we can deliver the story, the brand uh, that they currently need. So um, stepping out of that domestic market into the overseas market has been challenging, but also rewarding our brand has grown tenfold our, our connections our customers have grown and um and it's definitely has been helped with government agencies like the mla new south wales dpi austrade um, and p and companies also like uh, i suppose even angus australia so all those are definitely great advocates for Australian uh, agriculture, Australian red meat, and they've been integral in the in the ability for Australia to be on that world stage. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. So, um, yep, go Jack. Absolutely, I think like the consumers overseas, you see, like they're happy with the product, getting out there and learning a bit more about the story. Oh, look, yeah, really. And I think even more so now we've got COVID-19, more and more people want to know where their product's coming from. They want that traceability. What They want that provenance of, of the food and they want to know that what they are purchasing is healthy, green and clean. And that's what Australia Australia offers. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the importance of traceability and having the tools and using them correctly to be able to give that to the consumer for sure. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's been really hard to give the consumer what they want, as in that traceability. Um, you know, we we talk about blockchain. Well, blockchain is probably a story is told through a QR code, and that QR code can be copied, and then uh, with some very slight variations in the QR code that you actually can't pick up with your eye, and then can tell a completely different story. Uh, or it can still be the same QR code that is put on some fake product and, and still links to, you know, an Australian website and tells us all that the story, but the product's actually not Australian. So food fraud is a $45 billion a year cost. That's 45, sorry, uh, up to, that was two years ago. So we're up to $65 billion a year cost to the world economy food fraud is. And so that is just massive. And when Australia is, is right at the top of, of promoting and selling that high-quality product, uh, people that are in, in, in the business of food fraud, what are they going to copy? They're going to copy an Australian product. They're going to copy a New Zealand product. They're going to copy a product from America and, and Canada. So these countries that really promote a, a high-quality brand are suffering. 
and and the consumer suffers, the producer suffers, the the processing facility suffers. We all suffer. The whole country suffers. So um, we've actually, for the last couple of years, Jack, really focused on solving that traceability problem. And we've developed a smart label system that actually gives, I suppose, confidence to the consumer that the product that they're purchasing, that they're purchasing is the right product and the product that they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need the confidence in what we're buying, and especially for red meat. Is that moving away from the QR code then? Uh, look, it's, it's actually still a, a, a QR code. Um, I don't like calling it a QR code because a QR code can be easily copied. So I call it a smart label. But what it is, it's a dual layered QR code that has multiple numbers and letters uh, synced into it. And when you um, wave your smartphone over the top, um, it automatically picks up the uh, that code and then it takes you straight to the database in the cloud and it confirms whether the the label, the smart label is the real thing or not. And once you download once you you don't have to download an app, once your phone recognizes that label it'll, it label, it'll tell you that you know, this is the real thing. This is the product that you're looking for. And then it'll tell the story. So it'll it'll tell it'll straight away it'll say it can go straight and say, G'day, I'm Robert McKenzie from Macca's Australian Black Angus Beef and thank you for purchasing quality Australian product. Uh, it can then show you how to cook the product, where it came from, um, track the temperature, it can do everything. So we've trialled that in, in, in Asia and we're about to do some more trials into the Middle East. That's fantastic. So you're adding the like, two-factor authentication to your own product yeah correct and um look we're at well I'd, I'd rather say we're adding that to an australian product because this traceability system that we've developed uh, that's going to be there for everyone to use we want to hopefully it'll become an industry standard that everyone out there can reach out and use this smart label system to give 100% confidence to the consumer when they know that they're going to go, or when they're going to buy Australian product, they will know that it's actually the real thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be crucially beneficial with like, if you're in the sheep or even pork industry, I've got a mate producing pork in the upper Horton. Um, they may yep. be able to use it as well further on down the track. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be, it'd be there for everyone, whether it's lobsters, whether it's, yeah, you know, whether it's, um, wine, whatever, whatever, whatever is produced in Australia can actually have this, uh, this smart label system attached to it. Exciting times. Absolutely. And like with marketing your beef, how have you gone about this and sticking true to your own values going overseas? Is it the same marketing here as it is in Asia? Oh, no, it's a lot different in Asia. I like that question, Jack. Um, how how do you how do I do it, and how do I stay true to my belief? As and I said this to someone the other day, I've actually never Googled another supplier's website. I've never asked what anyone else does because I just want to stay true to my beliefs, and my beliefs have been 
promote Australian product first, promote my brand and my quality second, and everything else will follow suit. And it has done that. And then the, the, the biggest challenge is finding the right partners. The right partners is the biggest challenge. You find the right partners and everything else just falls into place. So, um, you know, I've been to Asia 15 times in, in five years. And every time I go, I learn more and understand more about their culture, understand more about what the consumer is looking for. And I adapt what I'm doing to suit that, uh, the consumer. But every time I go, I always find that they just want to know more and more about my way of life, about Australia, about the product, about what we do. And, and that's perfect because that's what I want to tell. And I want to tell them that how great Australia is. And I want to tell them you know, how passionate Australian farmers are. And I want to tell them how good Australian product is. So it's quite easy uh, when you're passionate about it yourself. And, um, and that's, what they, that's what they want to know. So it's very, very important uh, to understand what the consumers want and, and, de and deliver. And I think if you look at our web website, you know, Macca's Australian Black Angus Beef, you'll see that we tell that story. We'll see that we interact with the consumer and we bring that story to life. Yeah, absolutely. I think like, it's the utmost importance to interact with the consumer and let them have their say about your product. But like your product sells itself being Australian authentically Australian and then backing it up with the traceability. Yeah, it actually makes it very easy to sell product when you're, when you carry that Australian, Australian flag. Yeah, definitely. So getting into like the supply chain for yourself, how does it work and how do you manage it effectively from farm and then to the end consumer, either domestically or internationally? Yeah, so look, we're producing pretty good quality product. Um, so, you know, we turn off 3,000 weaners a year. Obviously, a lot of them are still going back into, into restockers. Um, a lot of people chase chase our, our bloodline. Uh, they prefer, prefer, sorry, they perform very well. Um, but what we do, we keep a percentage of our weaners back and we will uh, background them or put extra weight on them. Uh, on our centre pivots uh, at Gloucester. So we've got two big centre pivots up there and we're able to weight gain very successfully up there, just a bit over 1.5 kilos a day they're putting on it. So we'll background them there and then we'll put them into a feedlot and we'll put them into a 150-day grain-fed program with a with a you know really good feedlot. And we'll then truck them or get them trucked either way uh, to the processing facility where we'll process that into box beef and distribute it to different destinations around the world. For the feedlot, is that external from your own operation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just pay per head for the 100 days or whatnot they're in? Oh, look, there's different models that different feedlots offer. But yeah, you can pay so much per head. You can put your sell your cattle to the feedlot and have an option to to buy them back too. So there's a couple of options there, and they, and they work great. Look, the feedlotters do a great job. Uh, Australian feedlotters um, 
you know, the, the animal husbandry that they provide is just second to none in the, in the world. It's, they just do a great job, really good job. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, the important bit to take away from that is you have control of your product right the way through, ensuring the quality. Yeah, look, 100%. And obviously, you know, we're never going to have enough cattle to supply all of our customers. So, you know, we've got some good um, good people that produce high-quality product that, uh, you know, we'll purchase directly from them or directly from certain feedlots that have the same quality product that uh, that fits our, our brand. That's very important. If we can't support, if all the product can't be ours, it has to be equally as good. And that's why we've got some great partners that we can work closely with, with them to ensure that the product that uh, we're delivering to our customer is a product that they actually, actually want. Yeah, absolutely. And like getting back to your herd for like the genetic side of things, you're across like many different areas for genetics. How do you go about like choosing for your own line? Um, well, for instance, we will select probably about 10 bulls a year and every year we're selecting better genetics. So last week we went to a bull sale and we purchased probably the top five out of six bulls there. We, we purchased I believe the top five bulls out of that out of that stud, and they're registered with Angus Australia, and and they were quality bulls. So we we paid the, the top price for one bull. It was a great article in the in the land newspaper. And another thing on the land newspaper, you know, they are a great advocate for Australian agriculture. They're a positive a positive newspaper, and it's a, you know it's a newspaper that everyone should read. It covers an array of of articles and stories and what's going on in the world and what's going on in Australia and it's just a great newspaper and they did a great article uh, about uh, Maccas uh, last week and it was it was it was a good read so our bull selection is very very critical Um, this year it's just changed a little bit our focus has been a little bit more on creating some good mothers so milk production fast growth uh, high marbling but the, the 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 best mothers that put these sires out there that's what we're chasing so again you know fast growth they had them early they had the calves early the, the bull calves early a good good supply of milk um we want to upscale our herd and we want to upscale our herd from the female side and that's what we currently be doing so again with our genetics uh, this year we kept back 300 of our top heifers and they were selected by weight they were selected by uh, i suppose looks um the way they stood out so when we brought all the weaners through we were we were weighing them into groups and we were taking the top weight heifers out and then we were looking at them and if they stood well if their coat was shiny uh, you know they looked soft 
They had good structure. We were keeping those, those heifers. So we kept 300 heifers back. And every year that number, that, and that number could have been twice as much. It was so hard. You know, how do you select you? How do you let you go? So we were just going on the, you know, the top 10% of the weight and then going through visual, getting them in a, in a pen, going through. If one just didn't quite look right, we were just pulling that one out. So out of those 300, we will keep them for another, or we'll keep them potentially for their whole life. But for another, in another six months' time, we'll go through them again and just double check and see how they've performed off their mothers. And if they've performed very well and everything looks great, they will go into our, our replacements. So that's how we're upscaling the quality of our, of our bloodline by closely selecting great mothers and great size too yeah absolutely i think it's good that you keep reviewing the genetic lines you're not just stopping at birth um with them and like one year on down the track you're still reviewing to see if they're worthwhile for your herd for sure mm, yeah no no definitely and out of the 120 bulls that we currently have jack um, two weeks ago, we, we got um, a majority of them in and we went right through them and we pulled nine bulls out. And out of those nine bulls, it was, oh, you know, one wasn't walking properly now. Uh, one, his head didn't look right. Another one, his coat wasn't shiny enough. So we went right through those bulls and we decided those bulls aren't what we want for our for our bloodline or for, for our customers or for our, our brand or, uh, and we, we culled those bulls and we uh, actually offered those bulls at a cheaper rate to some other people that, you know, wanted just to buy some bulls for himself um, or we'll send them to a, a processing facility where they'll, they'll be processed, uh, but not under the Macca's brand. Yeah, of course. And one bull might not suit you, your enterprise but it may suit another one tracing that different genetic into their bloodline yeah correct so out of those i think there was nine balls that we selected out of those nine balls there was three that we were happy to to sell to someone else at a reduced price because it just didn't quite suit how we want our cattle to look um, and perfectly fine for a lot of other people, but it just didn't tick out, tick our box. You know, might have been too big, might have been too tall. Uh, you know, it just, you know, just didn't quite tick where we wanted to be. Coat wasn't shiny enough. Wasn't, you know, goes yeah. down to looks. Through, you know, is he, is he good looking? Does he, you know, do I want to put him with my girls or not? No. Yeah, that's it. Down to that, of course. For like when you're working with your herd, are you? Collecting the data for these, like selecting the bulls, you can go all by looks and whatnot, but getting down to the data of it. Yeah, look, that's um, something that James has been really keen to do. And, and this year, more than ever before, that we are, we're keeping uh, a log on, um, on our wieners. So we now have two calving periods. So we'll... Um, will drop in in autumn and then also drop in the spring and that means we we've got cattle that we can keep on our pivots all year round and product that we can supply our customers so our autumn drop wieners uh, we know the size that went in into those into those mobs 
and when we brought them in for the first marking, I think it probably would have been maybe five or six, six maybe six weeks ago now, we, we weighed them and they had their first injections, their needles as, as babies. Uh, we weighed them, we marked down what the size were, what mobs they're in, and they'll come back through the system next week and get their second um, booster shot and we will weigh them again. And we will be watching closely on what bulls are performing quite well. And that will probably eventually lead to maybe purchasing more bulls from that stud. We currently purchase from about four different, five different studs. So um, we need to find a couple of studs that work, that work best for us. Yeah, definitely. I think like using tools to help you collect this data automatically or like in the paddock can really help. We just interviewed OptiWay there. Have you heard of them? Yes, I have. Yeah. So like implementing these sort of tools, have you, have you done anything like that just to help you automate the process a bit more? No, I haven't. Everything else is in, is in the yards. And that's not to say that we won't do that. Look, I think Jack, that because we're in such a growth a stage at the moment and presentation, infrastructure, cattle quality, that's been at the forefront. Uh, and, our, and as you know, our infrastructure work is, is second to none. Our presentation from the front gate to the back gate all the way through, uh, the effort that we put into our pasture and cattle management, that has been our priority to date. And it's just now where we're, okay, we've got more time now to, to, to grab that data. Well, what's the best practice to do that? And that's what we'll obviously look at over the, the next 12 months. And that automatic data definitely could be it. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of stuff to keep, uh, keep up with. And we want to be at the forefront of, of all of that. Well, it seems like you definitely are getting a grip on everything. For like, as the running enterprise and as it grows, what are your goals coming up for yourself? Oh, look, I'd like to think the goals were, uh, were family goals. I think for us to be, I suppose... I don't want to get the right word. For us to be, um, you know, successful, I think, you know, it would be good to have 5,000 breeders. So another 2,000 breeders would be, would be great for our operation. Um, but to, to be well known for producing a high quality performing product for, for restockers and also for backgrounders, uh, we definitely want to be producing well-known uh, replacement heifers that people want because they know that they perform because they're well they're well bred so that's very important for us and to have a successful brand that's that's australian made that's promoting australia and people in an overseas market know that the brand is is a high quality product that they can rely on time and time again. And I think that's, that's key for us. So in a nutshell, uh, grow to 5,000 breeders, be renowned for producing quality product and be trusted in the, in the marketplace for the consumer that's purchasing, that's purchasing product to feed their family. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think they're pretty good goals to look forward to. Is it like the 2,000 extra in your herd, is that to get consumers overseas or is what's that for? Is that oh, just... I, I just I, no, I just think that a, you know, a, a herd of 5,000 head along the east coast of Australia is uh, of quality breeders, um, gives us the ability to, to have our own probably on-farm auctions. Uh, it, gives us, it gives us good scale to offer quality products to feedlots. It gives us good numbers to you know, rear some, some great uh, replacement heifers for people. It just, it is just a great number. And yeah, yeah. you know, when you're moving five thousand head and uh, five thousand weaners a year, it's we've got enough to keep for ourselves and enough to share, share, share around. It's just a, it's just a good number. It's a number that I've always strived for, and and uh, looking forward to getting to that goal. Hopefully next year. Absolutely. Well, I'll probably get you on after you've reached that goal to see how it's all going. For like one thing within agriculture or like the red meat industry in Australia, what's one thing you'd like to change? I like that question. Um, I'd like to change that no one sees each other as a competitor, that they all see each an individual each each company or each producer or each exporter or whatever it might be as a partner. So we're 0.3% of the world population. We're a very, very, very small fish in the sea. But we produce some of the best products in the world. So if we can work as a collective team, and that's the MLA and Austrade and the DPI working together as a, as a great team, which they can, but it's also us producers that are working together as a team, a collective team where we're, we're freely sharing information, we're freely helping, helping our partners. And our partners, some might say, are our opposition, but we're, we're, we shouldn't see it that way. We should see each other, as I said, as a, as a, as a partner produce an Australian product on the world stage and every every breath every word we speak the first thing Australian product and if you don't want my product you can go to you can go to any one of our partners and here we all are that's what I'd like to see more of us working together as a team yeah I think that rings pretty true for anyone working within agriculture and especially the livestock game um it's rife within the sheep industry, as we know from our sheep stud back home. Yep. But yeah, I think definitely that's one of the biggest things to change and get more collaborative working together, passing the buck a bit more. Oh, yeah, that's it. Look, if, I, if I'm having trouble moving product, I can reach out to many people and, and, and they can help me. And if they've got problems, I can help them. Uh, there's, there's a lot of ways that we could do it. Uh, we would just have to be committed, be honest, be transparent, work together. I think that especially with the, the traceability system that, you know, we've developed or, and there's, there's some other great companies out there that are doing great things with traceability too, you know, especially if we can jump on a industry standard and, and make that number one. It's just, it's just, you know, and we all jump on board that 
we're so far advanced of all these other countries for the product that we produce. Yeah, absolutely. I think like transparency and then that's what I'm trying to bring through to Farms Advice, allowing people to voice their own operations and see what's going on and also share like different techniques, knowledge and technology they've adopted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So look, Jack, uh, any of your listeners out there and, and I welcome them all. Um, if, if anyone wants to reach out, they need a hand, they need some help, they need some advice. Uh, I'm more than happy to, uh, to do what, to do what I can. Absolutely. I couldn't recommend getting in touch with Rob and the family anymore. They're very motivated in what they do, especially within beef production overseas and domestically. Um, we might wrap it up there, Rob. Thank you very much for joining the show today. Excellent to have you on board. Uh, just before we go, who would you like to hear on the Farms Advice podcast and why? I'd like to hear my youngest son, Jack McKenzie. Yeah? Get him on. You've, yeah, you've had James. <laughs> you've, had, you've had the old man. Well, that's um, the trio. You maybe have uh, Jack, and when Jack does it, he can nominate uh, my father, their grandfather, and, and, and see what the difference is, eh? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to pick your dad's brains for sure. You're all very yeah, like well, motivated people. It's, very, it's still, it's still uh, you know, it's still, I suppose, you know, dad, every ear is different and everyone sees it different. So dad's going to have a different view to me and James and Jack have a completely uh, different view to both myself and, and dad. But I think you have to just be, try to be flexible and, um, and yeah, just, just, just try to make it happen together. Not easy, but um, it can only, can only get easier. Yeah, absolutely. And increasing your own network never hurts. So get in touch with Rob. If you want to hear more, how can we get in touch with you, Rob? Is that by LinkedIn or Twitter or? Um, obviously, Robert McKenzie on on LinkedIn is uh, has has been a, a great tool for me. Um, or Google Macca's Australian Black Angus Beef, and just you can email me there in the, in, in the inquiry form. Uh, but any one of those is probably probably the best way, I'd say, Jack. Absolutely. Get on their website and check it out. It's excellent what they're doing and telling the story of their own operation. Thanks for joining us on the show today, Rob. It's excellent. Yeah, all the best, mate. Uh, good luck over there, eh? And we'll see you when you come back. We will do. Speak soon. All right. That wraps up not just another episode but another agribusiness killing it in their field. From working with industry associations such as MLA, Robert is really transforming how his family works and those through Australia selling products straight to the consumer. I'm keen to hear how it all goes in a year's time so we might have him back on. You can read the show notes at farmspice.com.au and give us a follow on Insta or even TikTok. Since last week, we started our account and chucking a few videos up. See you next week. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.